It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the Packers in 2021 because the betonline.ag futures dropped. We have over-unders. I had to recalibrate a little bit because I was like, oh, that's right. There's going to be 17 games, not 16 games. So the number, it seemed right to me at first. And then I was like, wait, I don't know if this is right. I also want to talk about the defensive line because it's something that we haven't really talked about heading into this draft I haven't talked about it a ton, at least. We thought they were, you know, maybe in the market for a veteran defensive lineman. Rob Domofsky reported that. And then, you know, they they clearly did not get in that market. Uh, But there are some players deep in this draft. This is a bad defensive tackle class. Just a straight up bad defensive tackle class. Um, And... I still think there are places to find some value and some guys that can help the Packers. So we're going to dig into that in a little bit. So the Packers over under win total at betonline.ag is 10 and a half. That seems reasonable, right? Certainly in a a normal 16-game season, 10 and a half, they're a 10-11 win team. You know, they won 13 games last year, but, you know, projecting anyone to win that many is just pretty rare you don't usually get that unless there's some huge favorite on the other hand the bucks are getting a 12 win over under now there is the case there is well the saints got significantly worse losing drew Brees, and the panthers might have downgraded at quarterback going from teddy bridgewater to sam darnold we have no idea what to make of the falcons but they were Picking in the top five for a reason. So maybe easier division, you can make that argument. But look, the Bears, are they going to be good? Probably not. The Lions, probably not. The Vikings, mm, the Vikings are going to be the Vikings. They're going to win somewhere between eight and nine games because that's what you do when you have Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Green Bay has not gotten significantly better, but they also haven't gotten significantly worse. Why the gap between the Packers and Tampa? I don't get that. The other thing is the 49ers are also at 10 and a half. What? In what world are those two equal teams? I understand two years ago, the 49ers were good, but 
the 49ers are trading up to get a quarterback that isn't Jimmy Garoppolo, but saying Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. How is that going to go? Is that going to go great? If if they have pushed all their chips in behind this other guy, Jimmy's just going to be cool. He's just going to be just chill with, hey, I'm I'm just the lame duck quarterback here. That's a phrase that that you have heard a lot this offseason. And if they trade Jimmy G to New England or wherever, they're going to win 11 games with Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones? I don't think so. Not to mention, still a lot of questions about the defense. Richard Sherman, still unsigned. Still a lot of questions about what's going on in the passing game. Can George Kittle stay healthy? Can Brandon IU take the next step? The, the running back situation is, is in flux because none of those guys has, have been able to stay healthy. So what's the deal there? And in a division that has gotten better, you bring in Matt Stafford to the Rams. You have the Cardinals who've, who've made some improvements to their roster. That's the best division in football. How are they at the same level as the Packers when the Packers really beat them in, in impressive fashion in the playoffs last year? And the Bucs, who are going to run out the same team basically as they did a year ago, so are the Packers. They're now a win and a half ahead of Green Bay, a team that they played to a one-score game just a few months ago. I, I, I have a hard time seeing it. So I just thought, okay, let's go through it a little bit. We know the eight, the, the eight home opponents, nine road opponents. That's not ideal, of course. But you expect to win your three home games against your division rivals, so-called. We already know who they're playing. We just don't know when they're playing. They get the AFC North, which is tough, but they get the Browns and the Steelers at home. If you tell me I get Baker Mayfield at Lambeau and, and not so Big Ben anymore, at least from an arm standpoint, I like my I like my chances there. Washington, they've got a really good defense, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is an absolute roller coaster, and I just don't think they're talented enough. Green Bay is going to be favored for sure in all of those games. They're going to be favored against Seattle, a team that they have really quietly owned since the Legion of Boom disbanded. So that's seven plus the Rams. I, I don't know how scary the Rams are to you. I think Matthew Stafford makes them better. I don't know how much better that team still has questions to me. I am going to be going to be interested to see how much their secondary can improve because the Packers ran all over them in the playoff game and created big plays down the field. Are they going to be running Brandon Staley's defense? Is it going to be as good without Brandon Staley? I still have questions about their ability to rush the passer if Aaron Donald is not wrecking worlds. So let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say Green Bay drops a silly game at home. They go 7-1. and one. They're better then the three teams they have to play on the road. Now you can't you can't just say all right, they're definitely going to win all their road games in the division. The Bears are always tough and the Vikings are going to play them tough. So, let's just say they drop one of those. Okay, they're already at 9 wins. The Bengals, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the 49ers and the Saints are the remaining opponents. Some tough, some tough opponents in there, but the Bengals, nah, uh, they're not going to be good. So now you're at 10. Now you're at 10. 
The over-under is 10.5. The Saints, no Drew Brees. With Jameis? With Taysom Hill? You can't win that game? I like I like Green Bay's chances to win that game. Now you're at 11. Okay, you lose on the road at Baltimore. You lose, you know, neutral site or what, whatever the situation is going to be with Kansas City. I'm still not sold on Arizona. Why should you be? They still can't block anybody. That offense is still a mess. Their secondary is still, I mean, who's covering Devontae Adams? Who's covering Devontae Adams? Malcolm Butler? I don't think so. And, and when he goes in the slot, then who? I just don't see it. So, okay, that, that they're, they're going to have a good chance there. The 49ers, as I mentioned, they're a team in flux. It could very well be the case that, that they get win number 11 because they beat the 49ers. I mean, the games that I'm looking at this schedule going, the games that they are for sure going to be underdogs in are at Baltimore, at Kansas City. Are we sure? Are we sure that there are other games where they're not going to be favored? There are going to be other games where they're going to be underdogs. I think they'll be favored against all their divisional opponents, assuming they're, you know, assuming that the team is who we think they are and there's not a bunch of injuries. I think they'll be favored on the road against Cincinnati. They might be favored on the road against New Orleans. I have a lot of questions about what that team is going to look like. So they're only not going to be favored in four games out of 17. So why is it 10 and a half? I don't know, but I do know if you want to make some money, bet the over. And if you're going to do that, go to bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over with the NBA. We had a thriller last night in Milwaukee. The Bucks got absolutely robbed on a ridiculous call late. Maybe they still lose in overtime, but still an absolutely unthinkable foul call at the end of regulation cost them. It's really fun to bet on, though. Basketball is a few bounces of the ball, and that's what happened to the Bucks. We got baseball, hockey, even award shows, TV shows, reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. So go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code Locked On, that's right. Just for being a listener, you get a free set of money. Put money in, use the promo code locked on, they will match it up to 50%. That promo code locked on because bet online is your online sportsbook experts. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. 
The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. So... This defensive line draft is cheeks. It's not very good. And not just because um, there's not a lot at the top. There's not really a lot much of anywhere. And as you guys know, you know, I go through all these these guys and I try and watch as many as I can before the draft. Um, and I take the guys who are mentioned in the top 50. I start with the guys who are in the top 32 and the boards that I that I sort of go to, some of the people that I think are the smartest when it comes to these kinds of things. I just help them curate the prospects that I need to focus in on. There are only five, five interior defenders who I could find on these top 50 lists. Usually it's eight, 10, 12. There's just usually more players that you can get behind in early rounds, in the first, in the second, in the third. And, and I would say, generally speaking, the NFL overvalues these guys. They spend first-round picks on players who are not going to materially impact, especially the passing game, but probably not really going to impact your run game either. I mean, you can find run defenders. You can find bodies to just be in there. What you can't find is the Kenny Clarks of the world, the Aaron Donalds, the Fletcher Coxes. You need first-round picks to find those guys, the pass rushers, because there's only like six or eight interior defenders who matter, who really matter. And everyone else is some level of replacement level, slightly above or slightly below. I mean, that's that's what the, the league is. It's what the league has been for a while now, frankly. And so when you look at this list, you go, okay, where can the Packers find guys who actually improve this roster? Christian Barmore is the best guy, but... I think he's going to go before Green Bay gets a chance to pick, and and frankly, that's fine. Um, I don't I don't love Barmore. I understand the upside and the appeal. He could be Kenny Clark as a pass rusher. I mean, he has that kind of upside. He's got you know the physical profile, the long arms, the big frame, and and the explosiveness. Some of the pass rush juice in there. I mean, he he can be disruptive. After that, it's a drop. I mean, it's a real drop-off. And I know that the that Packer fans were getting themselves excited last year about guys like Neville Gallimore and Ross Blacklock and, and some of these guys. And, and frankly, I was not into that either because those guys just don't affect the passer. They just don't affect the passing game. You can find run defenders. Green Bay just hasn't really cared. <laughs> I mean, they just they haven't tried, right? They haven't, they haven't even brought anyone in to do it. I think you can get someone like Davion Nixon. If you could get him at 62, maybe you consider it. After that, like, Alim McNeil, 90, your third round pick, that's uh, that's okay value. These guys are not, they're not guys who can affect the pass. I, I, Levi Amuzarike, I don't know, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it with him. And, and generally speaking, I don't like... Um, those guys that are like 6'3", 290, they're not really five techniques, but they're not really three techs, and they don't have the elite athleticism. That's sort of what he is, and and I'm just not into it. I, I just don't see the appeal there. I don't I don't know how he helps your team that much. 
Um, you know, I, I think there's potential there. There's potential, but I, I don't see the upside. I don't see the value. If if you did it in the third round, I, I, I can I can get behind it, I guess. I think he's a late third, early fourth kind of player, so you're getting okay value there. Remember this, and I, I was just talking to a personnel person about this yesterday. A draft board is 100, 110, 120 guys a team is going to put on their board. They don't have 250 guys on the board, not on their big board. They have, this is generally speaking, most teams do it this way. These are the guys we like. And these are the guys we liked in the first. These are the guys we like in the second. These are the guys we like in the third. You could have second round, third round grades on players that you just, eh. like, you know, there are a lot of guys in this draft. Oh, yeah. So, like, I don't like Jalen Waddle. I just don't. The profile scares me. Basically, no track record of someone with his profile having success in the NFL. So, I've got a late first round grade on him. If he fell to 29 for Green Bay, I don't know. I don't know. That would be tough. He would not be if I had my board, if I only if my if I only made up my top 100 board of guys that I liked. I don't think he'd be on it. But you you would still have, you know, your position rankings and you'd know, okay, he's the best receiver left on the board and we have a a late first grade on him. You know, I have a late first grade on him. I still think he's a good player. I don't love him where he's being projected. I don't love him as a top 10 pick. I don't love him as receiver one like Sports Info and Solutions has him. So by that standard, I just don't, I don't love him. I think there's things to like about him. And I understand the traits and all that stuff. And I just couldn't not have him there because of what the speed can do and because of what he can do on the field. I just have a lot of questions. And so for me, he wouldn't be on that big board. When I look at this defensive line group, I think Barmore, Nixon, and McNeil, at, at least of the of the projected top 100 pick guys, those are the only guys I would have on my board. And I like Barmore enough because of the potential to have him on there, even, even though I don't love him. Nixon, same thing. I don't love him as a player. But... I do see how he could be valuable in the second round. And that's part of it that you have to you have to be aware of too. Okay, hey, I like this guy fine. You know, I like him, but I like him on day two, mid-day two. Great. So like this is a great example. Bobby Brown the third from Texas AM. I like him. I really like him. Now, would I take him in the second round? No. But he would be on my hot list. He would be on my big board because I like the potential there. Milton Williams. Same thing. Jonathan Marshall, same thing. Those are my guys on day three. Outstanding athletes, all big guys who can move. And when you have the athletic traits, that tells me you have the potential to be coached up, to improve your pass rush, and become someone who can impact the passing game. Kingsley Kiki had the traits. He played some defensive end, and we could see the pass rush juice. Now, was he an ideal fit at the end? No, he wasn't. All of his best tape was when he was playing at like 300, 305, and he was playing inside. He's playing three tech. Now, he, he dropped some weight, played at like, you know, 270, I think, or 280 to play end and just didn't look the same. As a defensive and in, in interior pass rusher, you could really see it, though. 
and even on the outside against tackles, you could see what he could be, the potential, the the get-off, the hand placement, that, that he could be something. That's what you're looking for with these guys. So you look at someone like Bobby Brown, 6'4", you know, 330, probably a nose. But someone you could bring in on early downs, slide Kenny Clark to three-tech. And now rather than two-gapping, he can just go eat a block. He can just go beat a guard one-on-one. Or you can run games with him. And now you can use his flexibility and his agility and, and the way that he can move lateral. I mean, he has special movement skills for a defensive lineman. When you have that kind of flexibility, and this is a, a defense, by the way, that wants to slant, they want to steal gaps, they they prize athleticism. The fact that you have Aaron Donald and can move the way that he does, and you have the length of someone like Michael Brockers, or you think of the Vic Fangio teams in Chicago, what Akeem Hicks was was able to allow them to do. And you got Khalil Mack on the edge. Well, the Packers have that sort of combination with Kenny Clark inside. You've got Zadarius Smith. And they have even a deeper stable of pass rushers on the edge with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. I still think Jonathan Garvin has some really nice upside. I thought he could have been, you know, more like a fourth round kind of guy. And he goes in the seventh. I, I think Green Bay could could see this as a situation where, you know, there, there are some edge guys early that they like. You know, you see that at 29 and if... You know, if OA drops, if pay drops, you know, Joe Tryon is a name from Washington who is who is getting a lot of buzz as an outside pass rusher. If some of those guys are there, maybe they they pull the trigger. But then if you're not in a position to do anything until day three, you're going to look at someone like Garvin and just say, yeah, we have the developmental pass rusher. We have the guy who is edge four now who could be edge three next year and could eventually be edge two when Zadarius Smith ages out of dominance or whatever it is. So when you when you look at this class, I know a lot of you know people get upset. I post these mock drafts and they go, oh, we need a defensive lineman. Okay, who? And what is the value that you're getting when you take that guy? What is the opportunity cost of drafting that player? Who are you not drafting if you're drafting that guy? And for me, I just don't see the value in the top 100 picks because I can get Bobby Brown on day three. I can get uh, Jonathan Marshall. I can get Milton Williams. And that's why I think what what we don't realize, and, and I'm including myself in this, yes, teams see round value and positional value and all that stuff when they stack their board. But they are looking at a shorter list than we are. We're looking at, you know, Dane Brugler at the Athletics Big Board or or Pro Football Focus. They've got 200 guys. I think by draft day, they'll have 300 guys. That's a lot of dudes. Your team is, not, is, is probably not working off a board that big. Now, I don't know that for sure, but this is how a lot of teams do it. So they're going, we love these players. And so you, the, the Packers take A.J. Dillon, and I got in a big kerfuffle on Twitter about A.J. Dillon yesterday because I said, what is the difference between A.J. Dillon and Najee Harris? Explain it to me like I'm five. Big, bruising backs who are not going to give you much in the passing game, who are not unique passing game weapons. You know, Najee Harris is a better receiver. He's a more has better dexterity, better body control as a receiver, but he's still going to be checks, swings, screens in the NFL. He's not, you're not going to split Najee Harris out and have him run sluggos. 
at least not early. And by the way, AJ Dillon ran routes uh, last year for the Packers. Not the point. You say, okay, AJ Dillon, that's a reach at 62. And I think a lot of that was contextual. Um, you know, Mike Golick Jr. brought that up as part of our conversation. You know, that was that was part of the reason why it was seen as a reach, because why draft a running back when you've got two good ones on the roster? Well, right now is the reason that you do that. But when you look at what the second round grades are, if they just love AJ Dillon, they're not looking at you know, Brian Edwards or some of these guys who just might not have been on their board. And so you can say, okay, well, they could have taken these other guys who were higher rated. Well, they might not like those guys or, or more to the point, they might not have loved those guys, but they loved AJ Dillon. That is our guy. These are the guys we're targeting. Targets is a real thing. So when you hear people say, oh, that, you know, such and such a team has has is high on this player and you hear like it's a second, third, fourth round guy, you're like, well, how do they know? Well, because they might be willing to take that guy around earlier than everyone else because they like him that much. They think he's a third round player. When you think about it that way, I think it simplifies a lot of the the analysis because you just go, okay, he oh, he was the best player on the board. How could that be? Well, a lot of the other players, they didn't love. And even if there are guys that could have had higher grades in a vacuum, a lot of these teams, they don't take those guys because they're not our guys. Now, is that good process? I don't know. I would say probably not. Now, if you're you know a team like the Packers, you have a specific profile that you're trying to meet. That's part of the deal. You could say, okay, tape grade, Elijah Moore, first round pick all day. But he's 5'9". So he's off the board. I mean, he might literally be off the board. When we say off the board, that's what we're talking about. It's not just red flag character guys or injury guys. It's that guy's too short. He's gone. Or that guy's not athletic enough. He's gone. The tape says that that he might be a second round quality prospect. But we, we think he doesn't have the foot quickness to play. That basically we're saying he's undraftable by us. Is that good process? Again, I don't know. But that is how a lot of teams view the draft. And so when I look at this group, my draft big board would only feature like five or six defensive linemen in this whole draft. Even if I think that there are guys who are going to be graded out, you know, there's going to be more than five or six draftable grades on this defensive line. But I would only take five or six of them. That's just me. That's my preferences. That's how I value the game. And it's also based on where I think they're going to go. So uh, all this is to say, if they don't take a defensive lineman on day one or day two, don't be surprised. The value is on day three, and there are some good players to be had. All right, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer, you have access to rockauto.com at home or in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we got an interview coming this week to talk some more NFL draft. I hope you're not sick of it by now because we've got plenty of time before this all gets underway. A lot of fun stuff to do before then. And I'm trying to think about how I want to handle the draft in terms of we're going to go live both nights. Uh, what do we want to do? I want to go live and, and you know, that it didn't work great last year. When everyone was just spamming the video with, with really pissed off comments. Um, but I, I think it was good to get out some some thoughts in real time. Um, and then, you know, you have some time to go back and look. I mean, that was something that, you know, I had one I had one take on what was going on after night one. I had another take on what was going on after night two. And then a week later, I, I sort of like I, I, I walked it all back because I had some time to decompress. And I was like, oh, OK, the direction of this team is not fundamentally altered they just have this specific approach in mind and i think that was uh borne out last year by by what we were watching follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and anytime you want to hit us up in the locked on packers fan hotline you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.